Welcome to the D-League Perspective. Uh, it's your boy, Coach Schultze. We got Coach Bittner here. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing well. Just got done with our third session on the Winter Skill Series tonight. It's going pretty well. What do you think? I think it's it's fun because I've been doing this long enough that uh, every week you can see kids getting better. Yeah, definitely. And like I said earlier on the last podcast, it's a lot of new faces. So I'm starting to learn names, starting to get a little familiar with them. It's amazing what three sessions can do for a kid. Um, so I'm looking forward to the next. We got seven more, but it'll go quick, I'm sure. It's always good. And the funny part is when you mention names, it's like I have such a hard time with names. <laughs> I just get so involved that, and then you come back with names all the time, and and why don't I know names? And and I struggle with that. <laughs> Some you get better at, Coach. <laughs> That's my goal for 2022: is oh, to get better with names. That's a New Year's resolution. Yeah, uh, I went to the Nebraska Iowa game yesterday, and wow, those women can ball. Uh, and then I had a girl. We were I was walking out, and obviously there's eight thousand people walking out of PBA, and this girl walks by me. She goes, "Hey, Coach Bittner, how you doing?" <laughs> And I look at her going, your face looks familiar. I can't place your name. And I felt so bad. But Oh, my gosh. I'm sure she probably played for us, has done some skill sessions. So, Oh, yeah. And I'm thinking all day. I think, who was that girl? <laughs> Whoever I, you I, are. I think I know who it is now, but I still don't know her name. <laughs> Whoever you are, comment. Uh, let us know. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll make up for it. But no, we, uh, we've got a good little podcast going tonight. We got a special guest in the house tonight. Guy that, uh, we knew at a very young age, coach, coached some basketball before we knew he was some special at something else. But we've got, uh, current KU golfer, three time class A state champion golfer, state champion basketball player, uh, Luke Kluver in the house. How you doing, Luke? Hey, good. Uh, glad we could make this work. We're dealing with Tim's schedule this entire time and. <laughs> Finally got us three in here. So yeah, thanks for your patience. Because yeah. Tim's, I try to tell people this. Tim's pretty high maintenance, and I think I know that, and nobody else believes me, but he is. Maybe you get that feeling now too, Luke. I've dealt with him enough, but <laughs> apparently not enough recently. But I'm glad all three of us are back together because I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. You reached out uh, about a month ago, probably, and said, "Hey, when am I getting on the pod?" And at that time, we hadn't done one in about a year and a half. So uh, thanks, because it kind of got us back in the game. Um, but no, this will be a fun time. But um, yeah, so I thought we'd just kind of go over a little bit of your story, Luke, kind of just uh, how you grew up, where you came from, um, your time at Norfolk High. Uh, you know, obviously, you've, you've got uh, a quite a storied golf life, um, and then your current uh, life as a Jayhawk. So, and then I know Tim's got some good questions for you. Sweet. You betcha. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Luke grew up in Grand Island, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, mom, uh, golfer in Nebraska. Dad was uh, played football, football and basketball at, yeah, at Wesleyan. At Wesleyan. Yeah. 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 So uh, obviously came from a very athletic family. Um, I've got a good question on that later. We'll wait okay. for that. But, but growing up, I mean, you played baseball, you played football, basketball. Obviously, you started golfing at a young age, right? Yeah. Uh, your mom probably made you golf. Just kind of ran in the family. I mean, yeah. you're all good. So, I mean, Clay's a good golfer too. We'll, we'll not- touch on this, but like, I think it's very interesting when you make moves from different towns, how different sports come out, push, push you certain yeah, ways based yeah. on what the town likes. Right. What the fan base is all about. Very true. 
Very true. So yeah, so you moved to Norfolk um, as a seventh grader, or were you a sixth grader? Seventh grade, yeah. You were a seventh grader. Yep. And so that would have been my first year coaching Junior Panthers. Coach, you had been involved for several years at that point, I believe, right? Yep. Um, so it was uh, new for me and you, I guess, all in the same time. But yeah, so that's kind of when we met uh, the Kluvers, I guess. I'll never forget it. The first time... I think it was the first tournament we had. We sat down. We were in the lobby. There's a bunch of us in for clan. And, you know, Jake was a sixth grader at this time. Yep. And I'd never, I'll never forget it because he's going, hey, I'm the youngest person in the state of Nebraska to hit a hole-in-one, which is true, right? No, that's 100% true. At the, I mean, at the time, I haven't followed up with that. But that's <laughs> what a pretty, is it, six? It's a pretty sweet story. I mean, we're, tell, tell it. Yeah. We're golfing as a family in Holdridge. Uh, it's basically where my mom grew up in that area. Uh, so her parents, uh, Grandma and Grandpa Patterson, they uh, live on the golf course right there. And whole family's out golfing. I think there's probably eight of us, two groups of four. And per usual, dad hit one left. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So- Sorry, Clay. <laughs> So we're looking for his ball down in the water, uh, but it's a little dry, so there's still some walking room to go look for a golf ball. And Jake's in the group behind us with my mom and grandma, and I can't remember the fourth, but my dad just like waved him up, like, come on, hit up. And I think it was 126 yards. I think that's right. And Jake pulls out driver. <laughs> He's six, right? Six. Yeah, 126 six driver lands on the front of the green, bounces up, rolls up. Rolls, rolls. Dad puts his arms up, like, just, it's going in. Bang. Hits the flag. Sit. Goes in. Nice. <laughs> so you were, what were you, eight at the time? Uh, Yeah, eight or seven. You, you were, remember- I mean, we're 18 months, so, okay, you know. Okay. But you remember this? Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. He still, he has four. Four hole-in-ones now. Is that more than you? Zero. What? No way. Are you serious? I thought you knew the answer to that, but yeah. No, zero. I didn't. Zero. Zero hole-in-ones. Yeah, Big year somebody. coming, 2022. <laughs> That's your <laughs> New Year's revelation. <laughs> Get hole in one. <laughs> you know how much crap I've gotten about that? I mean, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, a hole in one would be sweet, but like. Oh, you just. Like, you know, everyone in the family has one. I mean, Georgia doesn't, but like. She'll get one, right? What if she gets one before you? She probably will. <laughs> She's got a good swing, man. You say, say it doesn't bother you? I mean, it will once Georgia gets one. <laughs> At least you have Georgia right now. <laughs> I'm keeping her away from golf right now. Come on. That's so crazy. I mean, just as much as you've golfed in your life, you just feel like at, at a certain point, you, you know, it just would have mag- magically happened. But dang. Uh, but yeah, so anyways, I'm looking back. It's like just the first recollection I have of you guys is, you know, little tiny Jake talking smack about how he has a hole in one and, uh, Everybody knows now I'm I'm a terrible golfer, so I'm like, shut up, Jake. Let's go play one on one or something. That sounds you. just like Jake though. I mean, it I don't know Jake. if the nickname has came around Norfolk yet. But uh my swing coach is Mike Cornell, who's out of Omaha, and I believe he came up with the nickname Mayor. Why? Because he just talks to everyone. He's gives them crap just like he did. Yep. Just you know, they just mayor. That's what we kinda call him now. But I mean He's done that his whole life. He'll go up to anyone, talk to him, introduce himself. Jake Kluver, Norfolk, Nebraska. <laughs> so yeah, back uh, when again, kind of when we all three met each other was ju- our Junior Panther season, and um, that's when you would have met Tim, obviously, and a lot of skill development stuff like that. And then you guys did a little bit of one-on-one work. I know you were a big uh, proponent of the development that Tim would push and and push you. 
Uh, cause I think we all knew at a very young age that you'd be pretty special in anything, really. I mean, we knew, we knew you could have played football and done well. We knew you could have, well, you couldn't have run track probably, but no. <laughs> you could have been a special baseball player, anything you wanted to be really. But, uh, I know when we first saw you as a seventh grader, we were all kind of like, okay, this is, you know, this kid could be something when we, when we get, uh, when he gets to high school. So, um, what are your, kind of your first memories of Tim, um, looking back? Cause you would have been a seventh grader, probably kind of cocky at that point too. Yeah. I uh, I mean, definitely gave <laughs> crap to everyone. I mean, probably wasn't the best teammate because I, I don't know, wanted to give crap to everyone, but I mean, wouldn't call myself a bad teammate because I wanted to win games and I wanted to get the best out of each player. But my first memory of being with Coach Tim, probably during the OSA League, just watching the older guys play. Uh, I don't think I ever played up because I was Junior Panthers. Uh, But then there was a summer in there where, uh, while I started working out with you, one of my favorite stories to tell is when I was going into eighth grade, I would work out with Tim late at night. Mm-hmm. We would do the eight thirty to nine thirty. Yep. Go home, be behind on schoolwork. Wouldn't do it. Find a way to get it done before the class period. But anyways, um, no. I just we worked out a bunch together. I think this is a good point to really bring in. Wasn't sure that basketball was you know the sport I really loved, but when you move to Norfolk, what does everyone know of? Norfolk Panther basketball, Norfolk Norfolk Catholic football, right? So I think that's one of the questions when we were moving to town. You know, we wanted to go to a public school, but then when we found out that basketball was a big deal, you know, just that kind of took off. And then Tim was a huge help. Uh, You know, your development, both of you guys, uh, seems to really be taken off. And uh, it was great work. Um, The footwork and understanding the game is two of the talents that I would have prided my basketball game off of, you know, footwork, understanding the game. Um, And I think that's where majority of my success on the basketball court came from. Yeah. I'll, you know, I I, I can remember the first time I, you know, met you guys and then it was a, we were practicing at junior high and the boys come in and, and, you know, coach Reese had said, you know, we're getting the Klubers in here and a big golf family, obviously, and, Mm -hmm. and, and good basketball players. So, Obviously, that's a challenge for me. Then, as any coach, you know, you got you know you got a family moving in, and they you know they they can play basketball. So, I was eager to you know get my hands on you guys per se and and see what you had. Obviously, you know you'd played up for years after visiting with your dad. You know, you'd always played up a, a grade level, which is always good. And I just remember it's like like Coach uh, Mitchell talked about. It's like uh, you could tell that you were going to be something special. Whether it be in, you know, basketball or football or golf or obviously you're a division one athlete now, uh, which is, which is pretty special. And a division one athlete is a division one athlete, no matter if you're golfing or, or in football, basketball or whatever it may be. I always, I always thought you could, you could have been, you could have been an all state football player. You could have been an all state. Obviously, you're an all-state golfer. You won three, you know, state titles. Uh, you, you could have been an all-state football player. Uh, if you wanted to play tennis, you would have been an all-state tennis player. You probably could have been an all-state baseball player, uh, because you're just a division one athlete. You know, very proud of what you've, you know, accomplished, you know, through your, you know, high school career and, and, you know, big things are ahead for you. But that's how I first remember you is just going, this kid has a ton of potential and you, you did not disappoint. So kind of building off that. 
Luke, what do you think most prepared you to play at the Class A level at a young age? Because you were a pretty big part of that state championship run with a team loaded full of seniors, and you were a sophomore, correct? Yep, yep. Uh, so what do you think most kind of prepared yourself? Was it just being mature at that age? Because you were. Was it just the the amount of competition you played? You know, what do you feel best prepared you for that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. But you hit hit the spot with being mature. I've always been one that's had a ton of self-belief, uh, no matter what I'm doing. Uh, I don't want it to come off arrogant, but I think any athlete has to have a lot of self-belief to achieve uh, in their sport. Uh, but I mean, no question. Uh, when I was a freshman, uh, I played four levels of basketball before Christmas. Freshman. Freshman reserves. reserve JV varsity. varsity yeah. And I would practice uh, with the high school, uh, whatever level I was playing. And then, you know, let's say practice was 530 to 7. And then would go home for an hour and eat something. And then that night, I would work out with Tim, and I think Hagedorn would show up. Shomer came a few times, and we worked out from eight to nine. And we did that, I believe, my first two years of high school. Um, and then golf kind of took off. And, but I mean, there's no question that working out with Tim, um, and understanding certain skills with being on the basketball court and different footwork type of things that you have to be able to manage on the basketball court. I mean, ball control is extremely important at that level. I mean, and then to be an elite player, you could talk about creating space and all Mm -hmm. that, which all that we worked on. Yep. But yeah, doing those workouts and just learning little things every night. I mean, it, it, I think it really showed to be able to play freshman ball play reserve ball, play JV, and then after Christmas, be the first man off the bench, you know, as a freshman. And it's pretty cool because there was a bunch of players before me in the class ahead of me. Well, two two classes. McCallum did it. Larson did it. Strom did it. Uh, Hagedorn did a little bit of it, I believe. So I knew it was – I knew I had a chance to do it. It was yeah, pretty cool to do it. I mean, the possibility was there, and it's like everything. You know, the best players should play. Mm-hmm. And you put in the work, uh, and obviously you talked about your maturity level. That being said, you also understood the game at a very high level uh, because of your maturity level, and that you could you you could play, and you weren't going to you know hurt the team. A lot of times, is you know we've been in this long enough that, and and I've watched a lot of games already this fall. I watched a lot of our freshmen play, and there's freshmen that look uncomfortable out there on the floor at a varsity level, and then there's 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 players that look like they belong out there. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought you belonged out there, uh, even with your actions, the confidence level that you displayed out there every time you stepped on the court. You belonged out there at a very young age. I always enjoyed watching you, whether we play in JV or freshman reserves that reserve that year. Uh, and then when you got your chance to step on the varsity, you know, floor at that level, which is, you know, at a young age can be overwhelming, but when you stepped out there, you didn't miss a beat. I mean, it's just like you, you belonged out there at that young, young age. So, Yeah, and, and you said it very well. I mean, elite players, you know, there's a big difference between being cocky and being confident. And you can tell players that are elite and have confidence. Um, obviously, arrogance shows sometimes. You know, it happens to all of us. But, you know, uh, you were, there's just a swagger about 
you, even at a young age as a 14, 15 year old playing class A basketball, uh, just, you know, we knew you're going to make the play, make the right play. He didn't always make the right play because we can go back to his eighth grade year. No chance. I, I mean, let's go back. What, uh, you got there, a story, coach? There's totally, I mean, we could go on and on. <laughs> well, I, you know what though? I still want to come to a workout. And I want to demonstrate footwork because I guarantee Thursday you, night. I guarantee you that, like, I would do it right. Still, I mean, I haven't played basketball since leaving high school, but like, I guarantee you, I picked that right up. I I think so. You remember the rondo? Yeah, I mean, are you going to show the ball or are you going to hide the ball? I mean, <laughs> let's go show. I mean, you're gonna, put your arm, you're going to put your arm out with the ball and make them jump. Yeah, you were good. Re- at that. You were actually reverse pretty good at that pivot. Movie. I mean, come on. Yeah, Norfolk was legit. I mean. When I was in eighth grade, where they have the, the, you know, junior high student section, we were watching Tyler Hagedorn and I think Medell was on that team. Yeah, Steph. And, yep. Uh, who else was on that Taylor team? Reedy. Taylor Reedy. Taylor Reedy. Yeah. Great Both quarterback. Previous coaches of Forest. I mean, that was a legit team, you know, like 25 and 0. And then they just, I mean, we just had to get over the hump somehow. That's all part of a growing up process. Did it make you more mentally strong going, things don't always work out the way we feel they need to work out? And now are, are you a better person? Are you a better golfer? So on and so forth, just because of the experience that you went through in high school and the basketball side of it. I mean, freshman year, I already shared the story with the four different levels before Christmas. And I wouldn't say that I thought before Christmas I should be on the, on the floor. Um, I mean, at home. And I do think my dad has a really good understanding of basketball. I truly do. I think. I've, I mean, he's obviously coached me up to about fifth grade and kind of started the whole Junior Islanders mm-hmm. in Grand Island. But I really do think he has a very good understanding of basketball and really any sport he wants to coach. Mm-hmm. But going back to the four levels I played, I really don't think I thought I was ready to play before Christmas. And then it's like once I got the chance, it's kind of where like my self-belief kicks in. I got in on a varsity game, got a backdoor pass from – Strom and did like a reverse layup in Grand Island, kind of bittersweet hometown, <laughs> first varsity game. But like to get up, like I didn't know I was playing varsity before that game. Really? Yeah. Played the JV game and like, I guess you guys. You had called. suited up though. <clears throat> no. Really? No. Like played the JV game. I was only playing JV and like kind of took over the JV game in Grand Island and we ended up winning. And it was kind of in a spell where I think we maybe lost a game or two in a row or weren't playing well. And Coach Reese is like, hey, you're suiting up tonight. That's all he told me. Yeah. And I remember Travis Larson came up to me tonight and he's like, hey, get ready to play. You're, you're going to go in. Let's go, baby. <laughs> but, I mean, and then after Christmas, I mean, it just played the next night. Omaha South. Or Omaha South is that who, where Noah Font played? Yeah, then Omaha South. Yeah. Next night, we have Noah Font on the court, and I get like a rebound, and I'm dribbling it, and I'm pretty sure I kicked the ball three times. <laughs> but, I mean, after Christmas, and I got into the games, and things started to flow, like, totally felt pretty comfortable out there, and then state basketball, I mean, I like to pride myself on having, you know, our first five points, and just kind of rising to the occasion that game, and uh, playing Fremont, a rivalry, and... I mean, it was it was pretty awesome playing in Pinnacle Bank, yeah, yeah. big time game. Just kind of kind of carry myself that way now as well. Like, okay, I got an opportunity. I would call it maybe a gamer. I like to think I'm kind of a gamer. 
Yeah, you are. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. But, you know, once you get the opportunity, I want, like, to be able to take advantage of it. And I feel like my Slip freshman year, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. Beat them by, like, 20. District five. They won't stay. Oh, no, they, they got runner up. Yeah, but we beat them right before that. You beat them, like, by 30. 30. Yeah, we remember. No, that's right. We shot. We made, like, 14 threes or something. Was that here? Yeah. That yeah. was here. I love Mark Williams now. You'd love Mark Williams. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, I, I, I've heard that before because I ran into a kid from Fremont, uh, that played for him and was like, Hey, man, like, you're coaching, I man. Like, we kind of like butted heads. Like, of course, I was arrogant out on the court playing against you guys, but no way he liked me either. But I've heard he's a good guy and I've oh, heard Mark's a great guy. Yeah, is he I, still coaching? Mark's back, been back. Uh, he was out for a couple of years and, and I believe he's helping Arlington for a couple of years and now he's back at uh, Fremont now. Uh, I don't, you know, know for how long that's going to be, but, uh, I just love Mark. You know, he's, he's been good to us down there. Very, very supportive of what we're doing and, and kind of understands the AAU game because I think his son probably played it, Ryan. Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, no, Mark's been, Mark's been very big for us in the Fremont area. So losing in the first round of the state tournament with a really, really good team, a lot, a lot of experience coming back. What did you and obviously the rest of your teammates, how did you guys feel like, okay, this is what we need to do in order to get to the next step, in order to take that next step to, you know, win the first round, win the second round, get to the state championship? Part of moving to Norfolk, you realize how important one, basketball is, and two, Fremont is. And to lose to Fremont in the state tournament stung to all of us. Rivalry. Beat them just before, and then we go to state and lose by 20. But that group of guys we had, honestly, was pretty darn tight. Um, we would hang out at the Strom's house a ton. It was just a really good group of guys. And if you think about it, a lot of us wanted to play a sport at another level. You know, yeah. think of five, six of us, and they're going to they're gonna be seniors. Uh, Strom and uh, McCallum and those guys are going to be seniors. And it's kind of like, okay, they've done so much for this program already. Like, how do we come together more than we already are and make this right for them and Norfolk. I mean, if you think of the amount of years there was in between state titles. 30. Yeah, 30 years. I mean, it had to had to happen. When TJ Price's dad makes the game winner, TJ's on the team. I mean, there's some cool stories within mm. that team. And I really do think, you know, there were some other things going on. Like, is Coach Reese going to come back and coach? Are we going to get a new coach? And it honestly just kind of felt like a restart with a very talented group and kind of fitting to have a new coach come in, new stuff, and just kind of start over and trust our team and the talents we had. And it obviously worked out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you touched on it there. Even though you'd have been a, you were a sophomore at that time, mm-hmm. uh, that group of boys, I mean, and you look at TJ Price. Logan Strom, Lane McCallum, Eisenhower, uh, Christian, Eisen, yeah, Christian, yeah uh, Travis Larson, uh, then you Dover down, was an athlete. Good Dover, athlete. yeah, you know, he was. Uh, you look kid. back at at all those guys, and you go down to your junior class. Uh, you know, Shomer and and Hagedorn, and you guys all were probably striving to play at a higher level. You yeah, know, no matter where it was going to be, uh, whether it be track, golf, basketball, football. You guys all were just such a tight group and always hung out together. And, and with that being said, I think it comes to the point where in team sports, you guys start playing for each other, you know, versus playing for yourself. And, and with that, 
and with that group of boys, I shouldn't say boys, you guys are all young men now. Yeah. Uh, you can look back now and, and honestly say you guys, you guys weren't playing for yourselves. You were playing for, you know, the city of Norfolk and playing for each other. Uh, and, and obviously something pretty special happened, uh, that year. I think this is a great, one of my favorite stories from my freshman year. I've said favorite stories a couple of times, but <laughs> uh, honestly, one of my favorite memories from my high school basketball career is we went to Kearney my freshman year. And Carney, no, sorry, my sophomore year. And Carney was good. Yep. Uh, Baronic is like in his third year coaching. Was Coster okay. was there. Cannon. And they beat us. And remember that? Yep. I do remember. Carney, that. uh, their new arena or stadium, whatever you want to call yep. that place, pretty sweet. High school was packed. I think they had overfill, people standing up top, and we lost. One of the best high school games I've ever been a part of had to be one of the top high school games people have watched. And we lose. And we go into the locker room, and Matt was kind of throwing a fit. And I remember laying into him. Matt Hagedorn. Matt Hagedorn. Yeah, I remember laying into Matt. And can't remember what I said, but, you know, like, Matt, this was one of the coolest high school games we've ever played in. And this is going to make us better down the road. And I remember everyone was just like, yeah, exactly. Matt and I are pushing each other, throwing a fit. And I'm like, like, just chill out. Like, this game was sick. Like. Yeah. This is going to make us better. And then I think that just kind of shows how close that group was that sophomore year compared to my junior year. Didn't really hang out as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have that mesh that that sophomore team had. But Yeah, agreeable. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, it, you're right, though. It was almost like it was destined to be, you know, and – I didn't go. Did you go to the championship game, Coach? Oh, yeah. I wasn't going to miss that. Well, I was watching. I was actually uh, in Sioux City. Um, actually, I was in Jackson, Nebraska um, at a bar watching on TV, and I was going crazy. There was like 10 people in the bar. Um, but, yeah, it was just like I feel like everybody kind of knew what the result was going to be, right? Maybe that was just me, I think. But I feel like there was just like every all the stars aligned. Yeah, I, you could say all the stars aligned, but the talent in that, in that group of kids was, it was pretty special. True. And the thing about it is that you can watch teams play. I mean, even this day, you, you can go to games. I've been to a lot of games already this fall and you can just see teams that, that have it. And I've told you about a couple of them that I think that are going to compete for a state title. Uh, but that team was it was it was special and and things if they got down nothing bothered them you know and obviously they lost a few games during the course of the regular season but as Luke you know touched on basketball season's a long season there's yeah. a lot of ups and downs and and there's a lot of you know you know coming together and and like you said it's uh, it's not always easy but this group of that group of kids was was really special you know. And they were special since they were, you know, third, fourth graders and, and fifth graders and, you know, all the way up and through. Uh, and obviously there was a lot of people that, that, uh, helped make that happen. Right. I mean, you could also just the maturity level of that team and then go look at that Fremont team that beat us freshman year. Coach's son is a senior. You know, he's probably grown up with a bunch of those kids that were also seniors. Mature team beat us. Because they were more mature than us. They probably wanted it more than we did. And sophomore year, we wanted it way more than any team in that state tournament. And I think 
That's why those last two games were pretty much blowout games for being a state tournament. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, with that being said, so obviously uh, that – correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but that sophomore year winning a state title in basketball with a team like that full of um, you know kids who are a couple years older, mature kids, great athletes – what kind of effect do you think that had on now take it to your golf life? Do you think that matured you even more, uh, mentally, um, prepare yourself for the, the competition level and stuff like that? Do you, do you feel like that had a positive play in that? One, I mean, right off the top of the head, one thing I can really think of is being in a spotlight yeah. with great players, a great team and making it basically happen like how do you have this talent and how do you find a way to like use all these talents and these this maturity and like make it work and we had great leaders uh lane and them and what i took from that team is just that we were able to win and we were able to do it the right way and I mean, it was just some of the best memories we'll remember forever. But I just feel like looking from the outside looking in, 100% outside looking in, I feel like Lane McCallum and Travis Larson are like some of the greatest kids and, and, and leaders. Um, obviously great athletes, great basketball players, but probably more in my opinion, just again, I don't know them that well. I never coached them. You know them a lot better than I do coach, but, and, and obviously you do too, Luke, but I just feel like they're like two of the best kids and we're probably the best leaders on that team. That's, that's my opinion. 100%. Um, and you, you know, did that help prepare you to go, okay, here's some leadership abilities. Here's, here's some leadership qualities that I learned from these guys. Um, that can help me on a personal level, on an individual level, um, in the golf game. Yeah. So one thing I would, you know, kind of take a different view with this is golf is such an individual sport. Mm-hmm. The one thing I took from them is how they worked every day and how they led every day and just the way they worked with younger teammates. And I mean, there's older guys. I mean, they're, there's things that you guys had to take from McCallum and that group of guys. Like, how do they work with younger athletes? I mean, they, they, they honestly did it about as perfect as you can as being a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, but now golf is a team sport as well. And yeah, there, sure, there's traits that I took from them as being the leader and, you know, being the, you know, one of the best athletes on the court, you know, Lane and Travis and them. And I can take that on into the, onto the golf course and, how can I show these guys how to practice and work on the right things? You know, there's practice and then there's, you know, doing the right practice mm-hmm. in golf, especially. But yeah, the way they led those traits definitely helped to try and lead uh, Coach Cover and mm-hmm. those guys to a championship because Coach Cover never had a boys championship until my junior year. Right. Did you win it two years? You got runner up your senior yeah, year. Yeah, runner up freshman year. And then senior year was a one-day state tournament because it got rained out. The day. You won, though, right? Yeah. Didn't win sophomore year. Freshman. But, I mean, as a team. As a team. Yeah, we won uh, junior year. Just junior year. Gotcha. You know, with that being said, uh, when you touched on, uh, you know, Lane and Travis and Logan and, and uh, you know, Richard and TJ and Christian, I always, uh, I always look back and, and as a coach, teacher – I think, uh, you know, that group of boys 
probably taught me just as much as I've ever taught them. You know, and it's the same way with you. Uh, you know, our workouts that we've had and, and, and watching you and, and it's like you guys, you know, I think as coaches, I think we can probably learn, uh, you know, that's for all coaches. We can always learn just as much from our players as they can learn from us. And I will, you know, I will, I will always say that every workout I do, just like tonight, I've, I've, I probably learned, I probably became a better coach tonight than I was, you know, at 6.30 when we started. I'm a better coach now at, at 9 o'clock than I was at uh, 6.30 because I, I don't think I'll ever get to the point where you feel you know everything. And when you say that about that group, you know, your group, uh, my whole experience with uh, Norfolk Junior Panthers is I probably learned more more in those, you know, five, six years I was involved with them than, than they probably ever learned from me. So well said, well said. Yeah, and so we kind of hit on it a little bit, but so one state as a freshman, we're talking golf now. Yep. Runner-up as a, as a sophomore. Yep. And then went back-to-back. And that's right, your senior year was a one-day deal. Was that because of weather, or what the heck happened there? Yeah, it was weather. and Was that at the country club? Country club. All four years were at the country club. And, I mean, there is home course advantage. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> no, I'll admit it. And I'll That's be a the, tough course, though. I'll be the first one to do admit it, but I've played the majority of golf courses in Nebraska, and the courses that actually want to host the tournament, Norfolk is by far the – the best host and the best golf course to play for a class A tournament. I mean, yeah. the best golfer is going to finish towards the top. Oh yeah, absolutely. You gotta 100%. hit that ball straight, man. Uh, yeah, hit it straight. The greens are challenging. Yeah. So looking back on, I mean, obviously correct me if I'm wrong, but probably one of the more storied golf careers in the state of Nebraska. Correct. Yeah. There, I mean, I, there's only been one guy that has three state championships in class A individually. And that's the highest ever. So, so yeah. far, someone will beat that down the road. Someone you? will win. Yeah. Someone will win four, though. You're talking just you, not one other. Just yeah, you. just me. Yeah, that's why. Class A. Yeah. But someone will win four. You think? Yeah. It's a tough task, man. Someone will win four. All right, well, we'll see. We'll have a podcast in like 20 years and we'll see. <laughs> Might take longer than that, but someone will win four. <laughs> yeah. So, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's just so funny. I just remember when you're playing in the state tournament um, or the state, I'm like on my computer, like following along and just obviously, you know, we're your biggest fans. We may not always say it, but we're your biggest fans. And um, when you got set, when you got runner up, was it a, was it a playoff? Nope. Just, nope. Just got smoked. Some kid just went off, didn't he? Yeah. It was Patrick clear from Lincoln East uh, played a couple years at Nebraska, but like that's such a good learning experience for a golfer. Is okay. Yeah, I got a little lucky one freshman year against a very talented Alex Shockey who played at Iowa, uh, Big Ten Player of the Year twice, you know, plays professionally now, but it's such a good learning experience to get beat. Yeah. As you, you know, you win your freshman year and then you're going into your sophomore year, win a ton of events, but you know, you don't win the big one. Like no one cares what you did throughout the year, but like it's, it's basically a reality check as a sophomore in high school that like, okay, you're good, but like, you're not that good. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Obviously just kind of fuel the fire too. You know, as a sophomore, you get runner up 
I mean, you had to be thinking I'm going four in a row at one point, right? I mean, can't birdie them all unless you birdie the first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Just no, take it I easy. mean, I. Yeah, of course it would have been nice to win all four, and I was thinking all four. There's nothing really other than I can say that it was probably a good thing that I didn't win that that year. Right, right, and so that that could have changed the trajectory of a lot of things, you know. And so, when you look back at your high school career, do you favor one of the individual titles more, or the state, or the, excuse me, the team title more? What do you? What's kind of your uh, like your favorite uh, moment for when you think about your golf story as a Panther? There won't uh, won't be anything that tops getting Coach Cover, Coach Jerry Cover, been there forever. He's now retired, but mm-hmm. Coach Jerry Cover got his first uh, men's team title. Um, Coach women's too, and had a bunch of team titles. But to get him uh, his first team title, he's been doing it for so long, and you know he talked about that title so long. I don't know if it's a good thing for a coach to do that. But we knew we had a talented junior team, a lot like our sophomore basketball team. And it was just about, I mean, it just, golf is weird. You know, best team, best players don't always win. It's mm-hmm. golf. Who's going to make more putts? What? Who's going to get more breaks? And it just clicked for us. Um, and then individually, that freshman championship was obviously really cool to go into a playoff. Well, birdie the 18th to get into a playoff. Mm-hmm. Birdie the first playoff hole. There's some, there's a video out there with, Two fist pumps. Big shake. fist pump, baby. <laughs> shake my head at now. But Luke fist pump Kluver, baby. I mean, those are those tiger videos you just watch. Absolutely. Like, can't, if, I mean, this is a tiger moment. It kind of was. It was, I, it was huge. It was special. It was. Special. You had to birdie the hole to go into playoff. Right? Yeah, yeah. To win. To go into a playoff, I had to birdie. And then I had 171, hit an eight iron, made birdie out of the rough. And then birdied the first playoff hole. Two big putts. They were like 20, 23 footers. Back to back. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. But yeah, getting him that first, that way he can have one of those as well. You know, that's what high school golf's honestly all about. It's just- and obviously winning with your brother. I mean, you know, you and Jakey go way back, obviously, and, and battled, will battle for years, I'm sure. But that had to be pretty special, too. Yeah, there was times where Jake was beating me. I think he did beat me a couple times in the regular season, you could call it. But I mean, and then going into that year, like there's going to be more fans for Jake to win that tournament. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm a big Jake fan. I mean, Jake and I bigger fan of Jake than you. Jake and I are playing against each other. Well, we're on the same team, but it's an individual sport. We're playing against each other in the state tournament at our home course. Like, who doesn't want Jake to win besides (laughs) me? (laughs) All of us wanted Jake to win. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, that was special to win with him, and uh, we had. Trent Wingate and Callan Rossman on that team. Uh, I'm probably missing one. Isaac Hymas. Yeah, yeah, Isaac Hymas was on that team as well. Um, yeah, so that was sweet to win that. Because, you know, we in the summers, who, do you, who are you golfing with every day? Those guys. Golfing with your boys. Yeah. So going into uh, recruiting and all of that fun stuff, I know we, we talked about it earlier, but – you said there was really kind of three main, three of the main schools that you were looking at: KU, uh, Oklahoma State, and Nebraska. What was kind of the final turn point to uh, become a, a Jayhawk instead of a Husker? 
Was that the final two, or was was uh, was Oki State a pretty serious contender? Well, so I committed to Nebraska as oh, that's right, freshman or sophomore in high school, and then had some success. And I mean, obviously opened up more doors and then it, it it mainly came down to Oklahoma state and Kansas. And there was a lot of pressure there. That recruiting process of mine was stressful because golf is so weird, like getting to the right state, getting to the right area of the country to be able to get better at golf. Weather's a huge, be able to get into the right conference and play against better players week in, week out. And so to be able to play in the big 12 conference, Kansas to be able to uh, be in a warmer state, Kansas, to be able to stay a little closer to home, Kansas. Kansas. My basketball love was still there. Come on, I was a Duke fan. Um, <laughs> you were a big Duke. Don't fan. say that too loud, man. But like going to Kansas is so sweet. Um, going to those games, you know, we have tickets uh, that us athletes are able to use. Um, I have some awesome Bill Self stories I could share if you guys want to go there. Well, we'll get there later, maybe, but let's get a couple for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just Coach Bermel, uh, and Coach Wilson. Coach Bermel's the head coach. There's some life lessons that he has with us, um, that he's had with his guys for 30 years now that, um, I mean, there's, there's stories and lessons that everyone in this world could use, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. So, so when it came down to your final decision to make a choice of, of which school uh, that you were going to attend, how how big of influence or what what was a deciding factor? Was it you know the state you were going to be at, the school, or in the facilities, or was it coaches, teammates, so on and so forth that influenced you to make a the final final decision on where you were going to go? You know, play golf for your uh, next four years. Coach, that's a great question. I mean, all athletes are going to do or are going to have a checklist of what they want and what they see and what things can get them to the next level. So when you look at the three schools I'm looking at, you and or you answer basically everything that you just asked, and then you start eliminating. And that's the process I took. So I checked the list and realized that Kansas was better than Nebraska in those areas. And then it came down to the tougher part of your question was coaches, teammates, and what state you wanted to be in. You could also add how far away from home do you want to be. Uh, so then Oklahoma State and Kansas is what it came down to. And um, being in Kansas and the facility was a huge plus. Um being able to work on your golf game throughout the winter with our facility we have, uh, brand new, six hitting bays, things you can work on, indoor, outdoor. Um, and then on top of that, the coaches we have, a huge bonus. And I will listen to those guys and do you know, what they want me to do because I think they have the best interest in me to you know, to achieve the goals that I have. And I really do think that they're looking out for me that way. That's awesome. And so, you know, obviously, you know, trust is always a big factor when you talk, uh, talk about any sports is having trust in, you know, your coaches, your peers, so on and so forth. But, uh, obviously you, you picked Kansas. I have a burning question being as I'm a basketball guy. Uh, and I know growing up with you, 
uh, from seventh grade uh, on when you came to Norfolk that I believe you were a huge, huge Duke fan. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. We knew he was going to bring this up, didn't we? <laughs> of course. Okay, okay I mean, basketball life. I was a huge Duke fan, and I still watch Duke every time they're on TV. I mean, they lose to Miami Hurricanes the other night. Come on. That, like, there's losses, and then there's bad losses. <laughs> and Nebraska okay, loses yeah, the yeah. Rutgers by 30. <laughs> That's a bad loss. Yeah. Anyways, you, all you have to do, coach, to answer your question, is walk into Allen Fieldhouse one time when that place is packed. The best way I can compare Allen Fieldhouse is to walk into Memorial Stadium for a Nebraska football game. It's it's that it's packed. It's loud. Every fan in there loves Nebraska football, or every fan in Allen Fieldhouse loves Kansas basketball. And it's when you go to Kansas, how are you not going to root for Kansas basketball? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I went to a game there. Um, I don't know. It's been a few years now, but they played Nebraska. And my wife's got a friend down there, and we were on the the top row, so our backrest was like the actual wall. But it's not that big. No, it's not that big. But so I go it's there, so cool, and, right? and I've played. You know, on Pinnacle Bank, we've talked about right, this. Right. And I go to Allen Fieldhouse, and I'm in there with some of my friends, and I'm like, "There's no way this place is bigger than Pinnacle Bank. It's bigger." More people sit really? inside of Pinnacle or inside of Allen Fieldhouse than they do Pinnacle Bank because there's bleachers. Oh, man. I would have never guessed that in my life. Every seat in Pinnacle Bank has seat back. Oh, true. Every seat in Allen Fieldhouse. Yeah, it's is it's old like wood, bleacher. wood bleachers. Bleachers, yeah, all the way to the top row, baby. It's yeah, pretty cool. You got to come down for a game. It's cool, man. Well, maybe you can get us into a game. Now I can get you into a game. <laughs> okay, road trip, baby. <laughs> Coach, and then you want to know one other reason why it's really easy to root for Kansas basketball? All right, let's hear it. Coach Bill Self is obviously going to be in the Hall of Fame of college basketball. One of the greatest coaches, probably coach of sport. He's a yeller. Come on. You listen to any <laughs> you listen to any interview or any comment from his players? He's a yeller. Really? Yeah. But so on my recruiting visit, we're sitting in Coach Bermel's office. Uh, my head coach, and there's a knock at the door, and uh, Coach Bermer goes, Clay, open the door, and he opens it. Who comes in? Bill Self. So Bill Self is in there, you know, giving his recruiting pitch about the university and knows our names and knows all about us, and great guy, obviously, super cool for that to happen. And then my favorite story so far, Bill Self, is this year uh, we have about two events left, and I had a great start to the fall kind of mellowed out, kind of got worn out, to be honest. Like I said, golf's a long season. And I'm going to meet with Coach uh, Bermel, and I know I'm going to get I'm gonna get a chewing today. Just <laughs> not practicing real hard. Gonna, my attitude's starting to get, you know, not as great as it should be on the golf course. He's like, so I show up, I text him, hey, Coach, I'm in your office. He's like, okay, yeah, uh, go to Coach Self's office. He's waiting for you. This is this year. This year in the fall. Ago? In yeah, the fall. Okay. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, where's the office at? <laughs> I've never been there before. <laughs> <laughs> so I figure it out. And obviously you walk in the hall and there's trophies and your final four trophies and pictures all over the walls. Super cool. Walk in there and he greets me. Luke, sit down. How are you? You know, we're talking. Coach, how are you? How's the team looking? Small talk, right? Yeah. He goes, you know, how's the season going? Tell him how it's going. And he goes, and I bet you're still soft, aren't you? What? No way. He said that? Yeah. 
He goes, I bet you're still soft, aren't still you? Still soft. He goes, I bet you start bogey bogey and you just kind of throw it in and you're kind of out of the round. But as soon as you start birdie birdie, you're like, oh, I'm all in. I'm like, today's going to be my day. And he's like, what do you say to Coach Self? <laughs> I bet when, you wouldn't when say he calls, When he calls you. Calls you soft. So, calls you soft. Calls you soft, but also calls you two other words that we can't share on this. <laughs> wow. This is a family podcast, so people can get the hint. But really? Yeah. Pretty, so what'd I you mean, say? What'd you reply back? I'm like, well, I, like, I'm just stumbling like this. Like, well. Bah, 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 bah. Coach, like. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, coach, you're right. But, like, there's no reason why I should start bogey bogey and he's like look i look at my team out there when they go out there and we get down like 10-2 none of my team should ever start down 10-2 but it happens right he's like you have to be better mentally than anyone that you're playing against in that field my team has to be stronger than anyone that we play up against and that's why i'm hard on my guys so a pretty cool story yeah for him to call me Coach Berm will probably set it up, for, but for me to go into his office and have that conversation and for him to call me a couple names and, like I said, I like to be humbled. Yeah. That you would humbled be. me earlier and pretty good check when a guy like that does that to you. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to say anything bad. No. You just sit there and take <laughs> it. Take it. All right. Well, I just got uh, – Coach Self just called me sell, uh, soft and uh, I guess I'll just learn my lesson and keep moving. It's kind of yeah. like when you're doing a workout and you yawn. <laughs> what's going to happen to you oh man i ripped the kid tonight are you yawning are you serious there, to this day i am the best fake yawner <laughs> like not fake yawner but you're the best at hiding your yawn oh i like workouts god <laughs> are you yawning are you yawning right now am i boring am i boring is this boring to you if it's boring you can leave is my stuff boring if it's boring you can leave okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pull the shirt up and yawn. No, but like that's something like honestly, you, like are you going to go into a meeting with someone and yawn? Like, no, you're not going to yawn in a meeting. Absolutely. Or are you having a conversation with someone? You're not going to yawn. That's like that's like your number one thing, Coach. I mean, kids, uh, and of course, I'm like the guinea pig. Oh yeah, you're yawning all the time. Well, the, yeah, but I'm trained now. I I barely yawn. I mean, I yawn, but it's... I, and then, I, you like know, I can said. relate that to my coach and why I like him so much. You know, it's off season and I have a beard right now. But when I get back on Monday, I'll be cleanly shaven until... Really? The end of the season. No kidding. My shoes have to be clean before I go practice, before I go play an event. Uh, I try to cut that a little bit. But yeah, uh, everything has to be the same from head to toe. Military guy uh, has a son in the army, I believe. And it's just the small details that you remember that you'll take with you your entire life. Yawning, keeping your shoes clean. Yeah. Clean yeah. shaven. Right. Little things. Builds your character. Haircut, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, let's pivot a little bit here. Um, obviously, the newest, greatest thing is the NIL deal. Um, and how have has that affected you? How much has that affected you? What are some different ways that you've used that? Obviously, it's become more with college football and college basketball and stuff like that, but it trickles down to every sport. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. What are some ways that uh, that has affected your life, and how, how have you used that uh, to your advantage? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Uh, with the two primary sports are football and basketball. Right. And they're the guys that don't even get the most notice, rightfully so, make up the universities uh, in sports, you know, for the most part. And I didn't really know how NIL was going to affect me right away. And I just 
kind of had the attitude of letting it play out and just kind of see what would happen, see what other athletes are doing. And then had some success. And so I did sign with um, an agent. Uh, his name's Brad Buffoni. He um, works for Wasserman. And uh, Brad and I uh, have had an ongoing relationship uh, just with being scouted by him. And my attitude towards this NIL deal is to gain relationships and gain learning opportunities for me to be able to come a better golfer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So to be able to get in front of the right strength coaches, to be able to control my body, to be able to create relationships with club companies, um, and then overall just create a tight circle of trust that I can go to when I'm trying to play a sport for a living. So if you think of a circle of trust, you're going to have your swing coach. You're probably going to have a couple family members in there. Uh, You know, you're going to have a strength coach, and then you're going to have your agent. And mm-hmm. then probably your caddy that's traveling with you uh, week in, week out. And to be able to create that circle of trust now is going to better me in the future because I already have some of the things that I've been working on for a couple of years that I don't necessarily think that my peers are working on right now. Um, and that's the main way I've used NIL so far. Um, I've had a couple deals. Uh, you know, I've created a great relationship with Callaway and that's kind of taken off. And, you know, hope that keeps going because uh, I think their driver's pretty great. <laughs> you can hit the driver straight? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I don't think a Callaway driver could even help me. So there's uh, only one they- way to find out. <laughs> and I got an extra. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, they just came out with a new one. I get it on the 19th. He's, he's flying into Lawrence. Seriously? Yep. You know, I'll test all their new stuff and. So we're talking with the NIL, right? Obviously, you, you've uh, you've signed with a, an agent. What do you see as some downfalls with that for college athletes? That's actually a really good point. So this summer, good question, coach. Yeah, great question. Played this summer with uh, Doug McDermott, Dougie Fresh, yeah, and his brother, who actually caddied for me a couple times. Really? What's yeah, his name? Uh, Nick McDermott. Okay. And he uh, caddies on tour for Ryan Moore. And anyway, so I'm talking to Nick about this, and he, uh, or not Nick, I'm talking to Doug about it, about NIL, and like, this is before it's going to happen. And I'm like, what do you think about this? And he's like, I don't mind the idea, but think about a sport like football or basketball, especially basketball. You know, you have seven or eight or nine guys that are going to play. Yep. And you have your other six or seven guys that are scout team players and get very minimal minutes for most of their career. And he goes, how are you going to sit in a locker room and you have all this money coming in and the guy that's doing all the work, doing more scout film than you, probably working harder in practice than you, how are you going to keep those guys to work hard each week, each day, when they're getting hardly any money? You know, Doug would have had a ton of money if he oh, was yeah. in college. Oh, He's like, yeah. what, number three on the all-time scoring list? I don't yeah, know. He would have been, yeah, killing Maybe him. even higher. Right. Uh, he might have been the all-time lean scorer at one point. Is. I think yeah, he might he be. Was I'm not going to short him because he's a heck of a dude. And Somebody better fact check I mean, that, I thought that I was a great right. point, though. I mean, basketball's probably more, you know, more involved in that, that part of it because obviously football, there's so many positions and so many athletes. and But, you know, basketball, there's, like you said, six, but I do, seven, I, eight guys. I do have play. an answer to Doug now. I do know that at Kansas, every athlete on the basketball team got some money. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Good. And then there's yeah. obviously other deals. Well, there's, I mean, you think about like, you know, the big stuff, if it's whatever, Nike or whoever. I mean, but there's so much local stuff. I mean, you know, you see commercials with Lane McCallum and a furniture store, yep. a Nebraska French Mart. I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I'm, there's so much local stuff too that people forget about that, you know, you can take care of those guys that are, putting in the hours, putting in the work and maybe not getting their notoriety and stuff like that on as far as on game days go, you know. I mean, it's a very interesting deal to college athletics. I mean, if you're following this national championship game, I think Texas A&M already has like the number one recruiting class for the following year. Really? And they spent a lot of money for they, it. They though. spent a lot of money for it. Like mil- 30 million, I think. 30 million. I was going to say I thought it's on 30 million dollars. What? In NIL, yeah. Thirty million. So that's where it gets interesting with NIL. I would like to see players getting to college and then make a name for yourself while you're in college. I mean, look, let's look at the Oklahoma quarterback uh, who did that QB one thing, Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, yeah. You know, gets I think a million dollars before he shows up at Oklahoma and gets benched after five games. Doesn't right. play. Now he's in the transfer portal. I don't know where he's, he's going. He's going to South Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So yeah. that's where I think you got to get to school mature a little bit because a 17 18 year old in all this money and then not understanding what a program like the university he's going to is all about fit in you know do the work that needs to be done and then if you have a great couple years or a year even and you're worth it the money's still going to be there especially if you prove yourself I agree 100%. It's just so hard because you know there's from an outsider looking in as well you and I coach are but the money's endless at some of these universities. And so you look at, we're talking $30 million that they just signed for NIL Mainly deals. booster too, I believe. That's exactly, exactly. And it could be a, you know, a car dealership or a financial firm or whatever. But, you know, it's like, man, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting if we, you know, in five to 10 years and we look back if this is a good deal or not. And, and I think you look back and you go, should these athletes be paid for their, you know, the billions of dollars that these, you know, university Nebraska football is making. I think something, you know, and, and the people that argue free school, uh, it, it's gotta be more than that though. You know, I mean, the free school thing is, is an, is a valid argument. I get it, but also, uh, you know, we're talking millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And, and for some of some athletes like that, like a Spencer Rattler or whoever, I mean, the big dogs to get something is warranted, right? Coach, what do you think? Being an old school guy. Like you are. What do you think about that, Coach? Well, I, I definitely think it's warranted. But like as Luke Luke touched on, I think it's one of those things. It's just like you can't go to the NFL until after your what junior year. Is yeah, that th- three years? You have to have three, three, years, have to of three years of college. Yeah. And, and with that being said, the maturity level, like Luke said, you're going to give hundreds of thousand dollars to an 18 year old kid who could possibly be a thousand miles away from his home. And we were all 18 once. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of thought process, you know, going on as an 18 year old kid. And so with, okay, let's, let's do what Luke said. Let's get to the college, make a name for yourself, do it the right way. And you get to experience, I mean, obviously everything you do every day is, is a learning experience. And, and we talk about let's be better, let's be better tomorrow than we are today. Right. Same way with, with young athletes. You can't tell me Luke doesn't have a, a better thought process now than you did two years ago, six months ago. Well, yeah. And so you know, right, maybe even a right. week ago, you know, I don't know, you know, but that's what we hope for. 
uh, you know, as a parent or as a coach or whatever, you hope your kids get, continue to get better every day. And when you give kids a lot of money, uh, that changes thought processes. And so I agree with it, but let's just put more stipulations on it and, and let's let kids mature a little bit, experience college life. I mean, honestly, we've all known kids that have went to college and come back in a year, come back home because right. uh, the college life was too much for them, right. let alone being a division one athlete and all throw that some pressure. money in there. Yeah. Throw some money in there. Yeah. I think the hard thing about that coach though is you, you know, you're talking primarily football. You go to the basketball world now and we got a lot of one and dones where, you know, they're going to KU, they're going to Duke, they're going to Kentucky for one year because the NIL deal was the best deal. And they know that they're going to go pro, but they have to go to college for a year, which I think is kind of dumb. You know, we should just take that out of there and go back to the LeBron days, the Kobe days. Um, you know, but it's like, man, now we got to go. Okay. Now we got to sell them essentially on the best NIL deal for them to play a year for us so they can move on. You know, in my opinion, they should get rid of the basketball thing or make them stay a certain amount of years. The football thing obviously is all health related, I would imagine, sure. yeah. where, you know, the basketball, th- I don't quite understand the basketball thing, why they have to go to college for a year or have to go. Uh, they can't go straight from high school, I guess I should say. Unless you're like 18 and you go play in Europe, right? Or if you're you can 18, do that. you can yeah. go straight to the pros, right? Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take that year to go do something else, whether it's Europe or Australia or. or even the G League, or I think you can play a year in the G League. I think you can, yeah. yeah. Right. I think for basketball, it'd be good. I mean, I think two years is plenty for some of those guys. Zion Williamson does not need to be in at Duke for more than two years. Or No, but that's what I'm saying. Couldn't have Zion just went from high school. Right. You know, there's guys like that, you know, and, and I don't know why they changed that. I have to do some research on that, on, on why they – you know, it was right after LeBron came into the pros, which would have been like oh two, oh three, oh four, maybe ish. Well, let's not kid yourself. I mean, obviously, it was for the benefit of the NCAA. Exactly. Well, you it, know. Good point. A great point. You know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, could you imagine LeBron playing one year at a at a college? It's like for what? And that's kind of where we're at right now. But at the same time, there's a lot of kids that think they can go one and done, and and that probably shouldn't. Also, well, true. Very you know, true. I mean, so you can play kind of devil's advocate both ways there, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like I said, I think if we look, you know, we're five, 10 years down the road and we look back, we go, you know, and, and everything's evolving. And I think, you know, I hope that, you know, we'll see the goods and the bads of the NIL and that keeps getting better and better and where it benefits everybody more. I think that's the way it should be. So how many division one golf programs are there? I would probably say Same as basketball, right? How many are there? It was like 300 some. 315, 320. There's probably 350. It's similar. Yeah. So basically, when you talk Power 5 golf, there's how many SEC schools have a program that can compete with you guys? SEC is really good. I don't know how many teams they have. Probably close to 10 or 11, but they have seven. When you talk, you're talking, okay, when we start talking 50 teams, and it's not like it's not like 300 basketball teams in Division One where you have a Stony Brook who's going to knock off Kansas. When you get to the March Madness, right, you probably – there's half the teams that can really compete. And then there's – I mean, you have 16 teams that you're like, okay, it's going to be one of these. Okay. Right. 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 Or the top yep. 20. You're talking March Madness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. When you get to the national championship – well, here's another – when we – we were ranked number ninth in the fall, ninth in the country, 
and we got to the Big 12 Conference uh, match play tournament, and we were ranked fourth. There That's was right. Four, yeah. Or we were ranked fifth. Yeah. There was four teams ahead of us ranked in the Big 12. So that we like pretty much week in, week out, that's who we get to play against. So and that's going to make you better. Makes you better. But to my point, at the end of the year, there's going to be 15 teams that can probably compete, and there's going to be four or five teams that are just better than everyone, and you're just going to have to get golf breaks and find a way to beat them. And it's basically the same as basketball. I mean, you yeah, get, down get to, some help. You get down to that final thing in basketball, it's like it's breaks. Yeah, you need some help. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. Lucky breaks or, or whatever, yeah. So, like, your <coughs> national championship in golf is consistent of what? So, the format, is that what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, how do you yeah. get it? How do you, how do you compete for a national championship as a team in golf? So, there's regionals. There's about six regionals, and I think they take about 12 teams in each regional. Yep. You said and they take about four. Okay, from that regional to get to nationals. That'd be 24. Okay, so 24. 24, 25. There's about 24 teams that make it to nationals. Okay. okay. Did you guys make the nationals last no, year? No, we didn't. Okay. We finished uh, six, and I think they took five from our regional. Okay, okay. So you're just out. It was a back and forth. It was pretty intense. It was kind of like cool to be a part of. It's like a basketball game. Is it, is it kind of like, like the March Madness basketball? Like they're picking the... So like ranked seeds? Or yeah, you know where that comes across the screen, and they go okay. Yeah, there's a watch the party. Yeah. yeah, watch party. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do that for regionals as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you make it to nationals, and then uh, like there's 18 or 20 teams, whatever we said yeah. there was. They play, uh, I think, three rounds, and then the top eight teams make it into a match play yeah, tournament. You start playing match, and then you play match play one team against one team, and then you move on. Kind of like a bracket. It's a bracket. golfer versus a golfer. B. Yeah. No, you actually get to set it up. So, like, there's a little coaching that goes involved here. So, so who, who I set out a player, then you set one out, and then okay. you set one out, and then I set one out, and then I set one out. What's that called? That type of yeah. I don't know what you call it, but loop de loop. What is that? I don't know what that's called. There's a term for it. But, anyways, so are you typically the A player? I played, uh, yeah, the or one or A player a in okay. the fall. Yep. Okay. So yeah, they could put their five player out or whatever and your coach would go, Hey, let's get an easy dub here. Right? Yeah, that's exactly how that works. And when we have our big twelve matches. Is that what happens typically with you? Yeah, it has. Yeah, or yeah. if another if they think that their four golfers are better than our four golfers, but the A players are pretty equal. Oh, okay. Then they're like, Okay, we want our best player to play their best player because our other four can handle their four. Gotcha. So who Interesting. Do, is that a flip of the coin, and who decides that? The higher seed. The higher seed. Higher seed coach gets to defer or okay. choose what they want to do. Usually defer. See who they put out first. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. We have. I mean, we have a pretty good team. I think. I mean, we won four times in the fall. Four in a row. Four stroke play events in a row. Really? Yep. I uh, got. It's high ranked as number nine in the country. Let's go, baby. But it's kind of like going back to my high school days. Like we have with COVID, you have all these older guys. They all got this extra year. Right, right. We got three guys on our team that we had a transfer come in from San Diego State. And then we have two other guys that are fifth year seniors. I mean, you get five years of college golf, you better be able to learn something. Yeah. True. Right. Right. So as far as for new recruits coming in, do you have any like top 50 guys coming in or – yeah, I don't follow the rankings uh, too much, and I don't know if coaches really follow that much. I think, like you mentioned, how you are able to see talent and be mm-hmm. able to 
say, yeah, this kid's got potential. He's got a work ethic. Our coaches do the same thing recruiting. And they don't share a whole lot with us, but it's also interesting with COVID and the transfer portal. Yeah, right. These teams are getting these transfers, and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to get some transfers coming in that we don't know who they are yet. But, yeah, we're hoping to get some transfers and some recruits and – on a golf team, what you really want is you want seven or eight golfers that are all going to compete because that eighth golfer is going to make that seventh golfer better and the list is going to go down and that's how you make a better golf team. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you're losing to guys in practice every day or at an event, you know, there's nothing more that made me mad, I guess, when I would lose to a teammate in high school. Great for the team. But yeah. like, I don't want to lose to a guy that I practice against every day. Same thing in college. Yeah, you know, you want the yeah. team to do well, but you don't want to lose to a and a teammate because it's such an individual sport, but such a solid team sport as well. When you think about it that way. All right, I just have a couple, like just one or two questions. Uh, one, do you think Jake would have won state his senior year had COVID not happened? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, right? Yeah, Jake would have won. I mean, he had the attitude going into his senior year that he really wanted to follow. I I don't really want to call it my footsteps, but he wanted to win a state championship. And, I mean, that sucked for all those seniors in every sport. I mean, I think basketball, were they the only sport to really play? And track, maybe? Basketball was... Well, in the spring. Sorry, I got off Football played. Yeah, I mean, basketball was... Our Nebraska State Tournament was the last state tournament played in this country. Yeah, but to go back to your question, like, there's some attitude that, like, you see in players, like... This kid kind of wants it more than the other player. And I think Jake kind of had the attitude. Like, he was excited for his senior year. I'm off the team, finally. It was Coach Cover's final year. He was going to ride it out with Jake. Yep. And, I mean, it sucks for them. Um, but I think Jake is also very grateful that he got the opportunity to play in college. You oh, know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's coaches didn't have to give Jake an opportunity because that senior year kind of got canceled. Yeah. You know, the summer was kind of a blur with who's going to host a tournament, who's not going to host. Right. And so really any athlete that was able to still get recruited during that time, I mean, I think they just kind of got to give themselves a check and thankfully that they're able to still play and get that opportunity because it is really a a pretty awesome time of our lives to be able to do this. Yeah, most definitely. And to have for like Jake in that senior class, to have everything just in a snap of a finger taken away, you know, and then, and then a kid like Jake, who's a great kid, we all love him to be able to go play has to just be, yeah, you're, you're right. He's just got to be so thankful for it. But, but no, I just, <clears throat> we were all rooting for him and it was, you know, it was such a domino effect. You know, it started with, okay, we can't go to state basketball. And then it was like, okay, this got canceled. This got canceled. You know, um, state track is canceled, state golf. It's like, holy crap, all this stuff. You know, I feel terrible for these kids, but, um, but yeah, I just wanted to see your thoughts on that. One other thing, I mean, (laughs) one other thing with Jake, do you have an older brother or a younger brother? I have an older brother. Okay. You have an older brother. You do not. I I have no brothers, all sisters. To all the younger brothers out there, I mean, like, did you ever listen to your older brother? Never. Really? Never. I mean, I tried to help him, and I'm sure I'm a prick to him. And Was Jake receptive to that? No, Jake is not. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I like I already said, I think he thinks I'm coming off rude about it, and I probably am sometimes. But oh, I'm sure you are. When he's low, when his game's not going well, like I think I have some cues that I can give him. Go back to the basics. Go, go. We work with the same swing coach. Like Now is probably the time you go see him and get some confidence. 
but it doesn't take it from me. And I, I honestly want Jake to do well, but I think he needs to listen more. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to say he's like playing in your in your shadows or anything because Jake's Jake's a great player. I mean, right. Jake's a great golfer and a great person and a great kid, but that's got to be tough, you know, having Luke's my older brother, blah, blah, blah. And so I can see that. I can see him going, no, I ain't listening to you. Yeah. I do my own thing. But that's also why it sucks he didn't get that chance senior year. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I would have bet $1,000 on it. Yeah. To win. All right. My second question. Um, do you think Georgia is going to be the best Kluver athlete? Oh. She's what? 11? 12. She's okay. Like there's little things that I like to pick up on with her as being, she's a fifth grader, right? Yeah. Fifth grade, but she's honestly really athletic and it's kind of cool to watch. Um, doesn't love basketball yet. Uh, loves volleyball. And honestly, I'm keeping her away from like, I'm acting like a parent, like as I'm speaking, but not really, but she's like my little sister. And I've always, Georgia and I have always had a really tight relationship. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone's been able to see that. Yep, yep. And if she doesn't want to play golf, like I'm totally fine with it because right. golf is honestly a grueling sport. Yeah. Um, and it's really tough, I think, especially for girls. And now there's, you can go on about scholarships for girls and there's more opportunities, but she's pretty talented. And I mean, I mean, I would love for her to be the best athlete in the family because I'm honestly our number one fan, but yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, she's she's fun, and you can see again she's eleven or whatever, twelve, and she's just super competitive. She needs, can, she, she she needs a it. mental coach. <laughs> I tell you that right now. <laughs> I don't know how many like teammates she will have, different teammates she'll have in the future, but man, they're gonna need like an on-call mental coach for every single one of those girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, she'll be she'll be fun to watch. She'll and then, did you guys see that Nebraska preps uh, tweet that went out there with like the best athletes from each high school? I saw that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my dad and I were on there from our high schools, and then we scroll down to Loomis, where my mom went to high school. Yeah, and there's no name on there. What? Yep. And time out. No. Okay. Yeah. Was she state champion? Your mom? Not sure. No, no, she didn't play high school golf. Oh, she didn't? She played no, volleyball. volleyball. and then okay. played golf in the summer. Okay, carry on. But there's no name on there of my mom's, and there's an option where you can, like, have a follower, like, request a name, and then they'll think about editing it in there. Next morning, we wake up, and her name's on there. So, one of, guarantee one of our family members is like, <laughs> Michelle, Michelle probably Michelle did Kluver, <laughs> uh, 93, 94, Loomis. <laughs> Division one golfer, went professional for a minute. Oh, it's funny. All right. No, this has been a lot of fun. I think what we'll do is uh, let's end on one final question for you, Luke. The final question we've got is what words of advice would you have being through all the athletic events, all the time that you've spent in different sports? What words of advice would you have for young athletes of today's world? I want to relate this back to a couple of my experiences. The first thing I can think of is, well, both of them are very cliche, but the first one is, has to be being coachable. The coaches have had way more experience in the sport than you have, and they've seen more. If you're working with great coaches like I have, they, they know what to tell you in the right moments, and they have the right drills for you, and they're going to make you an overall better athlete in your sport and 
more than likely a better person as a whole. And then the next one I can come up with is being a multi-sport athlete like I was and not specifying into a sport too early at a young age because there are things that I carry with me to this day in golf that I picked up from basketball, baseball, football. And most of, or the biggest thing is being a competitor and having self-belief that I found within those sports that I carry with me. And I think having those two traits that I just mentioned can honestly jumpstart a career or really make a career take off. Great answer. Yeah, well said. And I 100% agree with what you said, Lou. Being a multi-sport athlete, and, and let's face it, not everybody is going to be a Division One athlete. But the experiences you, you've mentioned with baseball, football, basketball, golf, as a youth, as a young kid, the more stuff that you can do, the more experiences you can have, can only help you grow in the sport of life. Obviously, you've, you've excelled at a very high level probably one of the best athletes to ever come out of Norfolk or out of Nebraska. Just so proud of you. I've got a chance to, you know, coach you as a, you know, seventh grader, eighth grader, uh, and watch you, uh, you know, you know, grow through your four years of high school at Norfolk high. You're leading by example. You're a great golfer, but I would say you're more of a great young man than you are a great golfer, you know? And, uh, and I hope you uh, you hold on to that second, uh, that first thing I said is a great young man versus a great golfer the rest of your life. There's great things ahead for you and just so proud of you. Really appreciate that there, Coach. Well, you're welcome. You've earned everything you've uh, you've gotten so far in life. Most definitely. And you know, we're thankful you came on the pod, brother. Hey, glad we could make it work. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. You know, like I said earlier, uh, we're two of your biggest fans, whether we tell you that every day or not. Um, we're always rooting for you. We're always watching you. We're a little bit Kansas Jayhawk fans now because of you. Darn right. Um, so rock chalk for sure, but, uh, we're always rooting for you. You know, there's definitely a day. Um, you know, we went to the Ryder Cup actually earlier this year, coach and I did. The actual question I had was, uh, what if Luke Kluver plays in the Ryder Cup someday? We'll be there for sure, 100%. And I don't know if that's a goal of yours or if that's whatever, but, um, you know, your future is so bright and we're going to be cheering you on throughout the whole ride. Yeah, thank you. No, I'd love being on here. And you two have been part of my path that I've taken. And like we mentioned earlier, there's little things that I've picked up on that coach I've taken from you. And <laughs> we're just homies, man. We're just homies over here. <laughs> no, no, I never really got to play for you. That's true. That's true. But yeah, no, we, uh, you played for coach for three years. Yeah. I played for three in a row. Yeah. No, we never, I never really played for you, coach Schultz, but no, we've been in the same gym a ton of times with, um, D league and junior Panthers. And my family has always, you know, followed and been around with your family. And, um, no, just grateful us three could get together and. Talk a little bit about basketball and golf and what else we talk life. about. So life, yeah. No, it's been fun, man. Um, I think that's uh, that's all for tonight. So, coach, any send off words? No, it's uh, it's been uh, it's always interesting to do these podcasts. Is most of the time I'm uncomfortable doing these, but uh, <laughs> Luke's been a pleasure. I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, it's great to visit with you, and and I wish you the best of luck in uh, 2022. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks, guys. 22 is a big year for all of us. All right. I think that's all. Um, any last words, Luke? 
Jayhawks out. All right. Rock Chalk, baby. D-League out. (laughs) 